Hi, I'm Rafaro, and you're listening to Start Up Surrey, a podcast brought to you by Shun Enterprise at the University of Surrey. This week, we spoke to El Tayeb Hassan, the CEO and one of the co-founders of the Wiggly Line Company. Tai began his journey at the University of Surrey as a biomedical sciences undergraduate student and then, in 2018, while studying for his entrepreneurship masters, began his startup journey. In this week's episode, we talked about having a why not mentality, Tai's experience taking part in Student Enterprise's three-day startup, and how the Wiggly Line Company is innovating healthcare. Tai is super motivated, this conversation was really inspirational, and I know that you're going to take something valuable away from this conversation. So, here's my interview with Tai. First of all, could you introduce yourself and your business? Of course, so yeah, my name is, my name, my full name is Altai Hassan. Um, a lot of the business side, people call me Tai because sometimes Altai is too long. And uh, my company is called The Wiggly Line Company, and we just use data and technology in areas where it's underutilized to improve people's lives and we're doing that with our first product stream care within care homes um and that's it yeah so could you tell us more about how you started the wiggly line company it's really a funny start and i don't know that many people know the story the journey behind it so if i have a little bit of time i'll go with it because i kind of relate it to some things going with enterprise um so we all, the first time I ever got involved with the student enterprise was through something called the Three Day Startup, which was an event that um, the Set Squared University, which is five different research-heavy universities, um, collaborate to organize every year. And uh, that's the first ever exposure I had with student enterprise, with the whole enterprise idea, with the, just entrepreneurship in general. Um, so having looked at it, Found it on Saturday and I was like, this would be cool. Three days to get a business going from an idea to an actual business. I had no business idea whatsoever, but I just said I'm going to go and be a sponge. Um, when I went, I ended up uh, meeting some meeting the co-founder that I'm now working with, James Lynn. And uh, even though I had no plans whatsoever to pitch, a minute before they were taking all the ideas down so people can pitch and figure out which ones are going to be walked on over the weekend, this active American girl came to me, the one that was organizing the whole event. It's like, you got a pitch. I don't care. You got a pitch. <laughs> like, she's like, don't care what it is. Just get out. Um, and I literally just plugged an idea out of thin air, which was a medicine reminder on, on some on people's phones, um, just seeing what my parents have gone through having different medications and etc. So I did it literally 30 minutes before. I'm like, what, am, what the hell am I going to say? Just said the story about my parents, got the emotions going, <laughs> played that card. And then next thing I know, that was the idea that was worked on over the weekend. So that that was the very first time I ever pitched anything to anyone. And uh, I think that was a great way to start because it was thrown to the deep end in a way. And uh, most importantly, I went with the why not mentality. And that's one thing that this whole story I want to put across with is that just have, especially when you're at university, have a why not mentality. Uh, go for it as many events as possible because you just never know what can come out of it. So then the fruit that that not only did I have the experience of pitching and realizing what to do because I was given a team to 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 teach to, to, to well to manage the idea that literally didn't exist five minutes before I was given the team. So um, it was very interesting. I just kind of made it that everyone collaborates. Tell me your ideas. Um, and uh, we went with it, so it was great. I don't think they they they, they don't crown a winners at, at 3DS, but it was just a great experience to have. And then I'm a co-founder. I knew a tech guy now that if I ever had an idea, I can go to, and he has the same mindset as 
entrepreneurial, trying to get out of his comfort zone, etc. So that was that was a good foundation and base to have. Um, and sort of I knew that if any other idea comes up, it would have like it will at least I know how to start to make it happen along with the enterprise team, of course. So um, fast forward two months later, something else comes up on Serilen. And it's called the Care Innovation Challenge. And it's pretty much three-day startup, whatever, what we did before, but just in healthcare and social care. Again, <laughs> why not? Um, it was over a weekend, so the only thing I had to lose was a weekend. And uh, uh, I applied for it. Um, I even messaged James, who I met at three days to go, Let's up, would you be interested in this apply for this? Because I think it was a team. The more, you, the more you had to collaborate with, the better chances you had to win. And uh, we went for it. Uh, we applied and someone else, funny enough, messaged me out of nowhere, said that someone at 3DS, 3 Day Startup, um, recommended her to message me so we can apply together for the Care Innovation Challenge. So, was a, And that was the third co-founder. So we went there uh, and that is where Streamcare was born. And a Wiggly Line company it came to life. We, we pitched the idea using sensors in care homes to make care homes more efficient, to allow them to remotely monitor the people in it and etc and uh, by the sunday we were chosen as finalists and invited to pitch to the department of health and social care um and really like that why not mentality couldn't be more amplified um because the saturday night i actually had a pre-planned birthday party for a while <laughs> and it was um um i was in it was it was here it was i remember it clearly it was latin night and um my girlfriend was spanish so it was her friend's best best like his her best friend's birthday party and we were like having a great like we're having a good night but then i just remember at 2 a.m going like i need to get into a play i need to get into a train at 6 30 to get to wimbledon to to do this and, I'm like, and um i remember just being like i need to go so i left i pretty much had a nap and got up play like play with the idea of should i go should i not but i number one do want to let my friends down who were going there with me and obviously didn't want to let myself down because it is a great opportunity got up ran pretty much literally sprinted to get to the train got in and then the day went by and i think ever since it showed me that so you sometimes don't need eight hours sleep to do to be at your best sometimes you don't need all of that that's just in your head and really have that why not mentality and uh, yeah go for it especially when you're at university unless you you're completely committed to where you want to go afterwards um try as much as possible try different things and that's why i think the enterprise is a great environment to be in to do so so could you tell us more about how it went from that initial ideation at the three-day startup to actually becoming a business so the best thing about going to those events because you will have people to support you from the get-go you don't have to sit down and brainstorm on your own even though that should happen regardless but the good thing about those events that um especially if the specific to a certain sector you've got experts that know the sector more than you do um so just use them so we were given a mentor because we were chosen as the finalist so i pretty much called him and messaged him every day um and uh, where should i do where should i go then what should i do next but the key thing was and i think for anyone that has an idea the key thing is make sure it's worth your time um so what i did i literally called up about for the three weeks leading up to coming and pitch to the department of pitch at the department of health and social care i called around 25 care homes um i tried to visit as many as possible so i went to around 10 and you literally just say would you buy this would this change the way you do things would this actually improve your life as a care home manager would would it improve their residents lives would it make a difference um 
and would you pay for it? Because then you need to be able to pay yourself. So um, really, I would say just test your idea as much as possible. And if someone says no, ask why, because that is the best things you can, you can probably get out of them. Feedback from them telling you, maybe they'll even say, I wouldn't buy this, but if it was X, Y, and Z, I would buy it that way. So um, get as much feedback as possible. Test your idea, um, like the belief test, literally test it um, and make sure that it, it can go through and grow to becoming an actual business. So in that ideation st stage, make sure it's worth your time because your time is valuable, especially as someone, as an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur, the only thing you've got on your side is time, especially at the start because you ain't got the money. <laughs> so uh, definitely make sure you use it wisely um, because if one idea doesn't work, there's always a billion more. So test it, talk to people, get feedback, even beyond your friends and families, but you can, you can start with them definitely. And more importantly, your customers, get them and talk to them. That's so true. So at that point, you'd done the market research and found out the product that you wanted to make. So what was the process of trying to get funding like? And how does Student Enterprise help you with that? Definitely, logical place to start for funding is Student Enterprise. Um, if not funding directly provided by Student Enterprise, they'll know where to get it. Um, 100% in terms of funding, this is the best place to start. And not you necessarily don't even need a ready product obviously no one has a ready product you can have an mvp the 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 first customer we signed um or got on board i literally just showed them a piece of paper of how this would work and it was sort of a workflow chart of what's going on and no development was done whatsoever i was like this is how, what, how we hypothesize that it might work um and would you pay for it so um that funding provided by enterprise can obviously be key in terms of getting to that MVP, getting to a product that's tangible, um, but not necessarily. So I don't want to put any people off that I need to have a complete idea to get funding. No, sometimes the funding will get you towards what the complete idea is going to be. Um, and reiterations and pivoting is going to be a part of the journey. So just embrace it. Um, but in terms of moving from customer research to now a full ready product, that's where the step that needs funding um and that's where enterprise can help either directly like i said or through the contacts and different different avenues that they have with um but also it just gets you get the ball rolling because once you finish that first application for a funding or a grant you kind of have a template now for 10 more so what i do is whenever i'm applying for one i make sure i apply for two more even if they're completely random because at the end of the day you've done the work of writing one all you have to do is now write it for another copy paste and then tweak it to make it exactly answering the questions for the other grant. So um, it's definitely a good place to start because it will ask you the same questions that any other accelerator, any other potential investor, angel, small or big would ask. So just start with it, definitely. So as you said, you got funding from organizations like the Waits Foundation. And of course, when you were in those rooms, you had to pitch. So as a student, what main lessons did you take away from that experience of pitching and asking for funding? Oh, very good question. <laughs> yeah, I think just embracing the experience. Um, honestly, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? If, you, if Especially if someone that's nervous about about doing and um, pitching for money, um, which is a hard thing to pitch pitch for i think what is the worst thing is going to happen that you're not going to get money today and even when that happens you probably get feedback that tells you why you didn't and you'll get a better chance doing so the next time so having that mentality embracing feedback before and honestly obviously there's the classic prepare 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 but um there's also other ways of being more confident when you get there 
is just like I said, the more people telling you the idea, your idea is worthwhile, the more confident you'll be about it, and the more passionate you'd be when you're on that stage. Because if there's any little doubt, it will come across. So that's why I think the whole journey, the whole process from the start, being um, being focused on making sure the idea is worth your time. And then once you get there, you know you want to go in and smash it because you know you've done the work and you've put the time in. Um, but I would definitely say preparation is key regardless. You can't have a great idea and just be like, I'll wing it on stage. That's just not going to happen. Know the audience beforehand. Any pitching event, you'll get a list of who you're going to talk to. It's not illegal to change your pitch depending on the audience. You, you don't want to have, and if anything, you don't want to have the exact same pitch every time. So know who you're going to pitch to and make it make it closer to them. Um, so, so at the end of the day, you just need to be rememberable um, to some extent. And sometimes enough for them to get a check out and say, like, I'll pay for you. I'll give you the money that you're asking for. So with the Waits Foundation, it was, it was really just having, and that was a great, event to go through especially with enterprise because they actually get support leading up to the waste foundation so you know what to expect when you get there um other pitches are different where you literally get into a room and you have a judging panel and you're like all right get the ball rolling or you're in front of 300 400 people and you get to pitch and that's when you go back to your cause and basics and just make sure that your idea goes comes across um and you don't want to just be speaking random fluffy words and not really set, make sure your idea your company what you're doing the bigger picture of what you're doing goes across and then whatever happens, happens. So a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are students on campus who are either interested in starting a business or have just started a business. So would you say that there is a unique advantage to starting a business as a student? And if so, what is it? Number one, the student card. Just use it with everything, especially with market research. To get me into care homes, for example, I did have to say sometimes that I'm doing this as part of my dissertation i'm trying to study care homes better i'm trying to use technology to do that and it was i wasn't lying it was my dissertation i was trying to get two stone two birds killed with one stone by having my degree as well as trying to test it as a business and that's a natural progression and um that's any advice that i can give to anyone is that if you are studying something and you can see the business potential of it it will help you with your studies and it will also allow you to test an idea that you potentially want to do after you graduate so if you can match those two i think you've hit the holy grail for advice use your student card definitely talk to people just like i'm just a student because at the end of the day people are going to think you're trying to sell them something even though you all you want is just their feedback and really when you drop the student card a lot of people are more open to help a lot of people put their guards down definitely use the student card to get through the door but also don't completely count on it make sure if you're having a business idea have a business card make it look a bit more professional because that's what it's going to take to go to the next level because you don't want them to think you're only going to be student and you're forever going to be student make sure that you have validation or credibility that you want to take this even forward and you want to maintain those relationships even after you graduate so definitely use the student card the other thing you've got on your side is actually time you're not restricted 40 hours a week so going back to my first piece of advice is the why not mentality go to as many pitching events as possible even if you're not pitching there be in the room because you really don't know who you're going to meet and who you're going to talk to. Eventbrite has a billion events that happen. It doesn't even have to be in Serial Guildford, even though there's plenty here if you really dig in and just come talk to people in enterprise. Is it right if I name drop someone else that is also doing enterprise? So, you know, Omar, uh, one of my best friends, Omar Ibade, is also another entrepreneur and he's on Zeal Up Rewards um, that he's doing on campus. And he's a king of networking. He literally goes to 
about 10 events a week and I think that's one of the reasons he's successful use your time that you have at university because it does shrink after you go I'm like I'm I'm feeling it now I've graduated and uh, that time goes away so make it use it wisely and use your student card that's such good advice and I completely agree but I was wondering as someone who has actually started a business while being a student and trying to balance work and your social life what difficulties do you think that you experience uniquely as a student in starting a business at university yeah of course starting a business is a difficult period but I do think that ability to juggle different things even though it will be challenging at the start if you are going to be in business that's probably going to be your life yeah so uh, being able to juggle different um, aspects of your life and prioritize which one's more important depending on the time is is a skill if you can master then you've gone a long way I think you've done 50% of the job because when you sit down wake up and you're like this is what I'm going to do today first this is what I'm going to do next and this is what I'm going to do last and then get all of those done that's the best feeling you can possibly have so while I was at university I actually worked at Lakeside Coffee Shop I was chairman of uh, the sports club and I was also trying to start the business how do I make time out of thin air I managed to get my business as part of my dissertation as well so that's two in one so you find ways to make things easier for you and I really think that's that's the way uh, forward with anything uh, the internet is a resourceful place there is unlimited ways that you can get things done quicker whether it's using literally a couple of weeks ago I figured out an app a desktop version of PowerPoint called Slidebean that literally automatically assigns how your presentation should look like depending on the content using AI obviously they have to use that word so um, you get a template you get it all put in design and all you have to do is input the data for example and that and the presentation is done in about 20 minutes so there's ways that you can make it seem less stressful but I understand that at, you know, at school you're juggling different things and there's different things you want to do and there's always the peer pressure, FOMO, trying to go out and trying to do things. Yeah. But um, as, I showed, as I showed you earlier, you can go out, have a good time, then come back after every, before everyone and have a good night's sleep in a way and then do the things that you just have to do. So even though it's difficult, it doesn't get easier after you graduate. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry to be the... the like, uh, to be... The, um, to put everyone down, but... That's why I mastered that. Be able to juggle different things while you're at university, while you can, while you don't have kids to feed, while you don't have parents ha- telling you, get a job, get a job, because you're at university, you've got three, four years to do, to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. So uh, no pressure <laughs> and just really master ways to juggle things better. And then that will be a skill that can take you can have with you forever. So I go to most of student enterprises, skill sessions and events, and I meet so many, so many incredibly cool, interesting students who are interested in starting a business or have already started a business. But one thing, one thing that comes up in a lot of our conversations is this idea, this pressure of trying to appear like the kind of business person that you see on TV or in like Fast Company. And I think a lot of people have this image of what a business person looks like and Sometimes people don't feel confident in becoming a business person because they don't see themselves represented in that way. So as a student who became a business person, how did you get the confidence to step into that world? Yeah, that's that's a great question because I was exactly one of those people um, because I did biomedical sciences. I thought I was going to be good in a lab. Realize I do not want to be in the lab. That's the last thing I want to do because in my dissertation, I had to wake up at 7 a.m. to get into a lab to infect some viruses and then go back to it later, four hours later. So um, I realized I'm not where I want to be. 
So I was there thinking to myself, what what should I be? <laughs> and um, that's when I went for the business masters to really go the opposite direction and test myself and get yourself out of the comfort zone. Um, all the entrepreneurs and all the successful people you see out there, they were not always that comfortable on stage or behind the mic. Trust me, like they've 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 they had to go through a lot of down times to get to where they are now. So once people realize that, and I know people want to want to get somewhere fast because they see it in front of them and they only see the success, and it's all the classic cliches and all the memes, etc. But um, just know that it took them a while to get to where they are. Even if they're a 17 year old singer. Billie Eilish, it's, they still had to put the work in. So if you if you think about it, that you're going to any experience, that you just, the worst thing that's going to happen is that I'm not going to do as well. I'm going to learn and then figure out why I didn't do that well and just do it better the next time. For me, that was a bit more skewed because the first, like I said, going back to three-day startup, that was the first time I ever pitched an idea to anyone. And it was daunting. It was daunting. And it was definitely not the perfect pitch. But I knew what I needed to do. I needed to hit the emotional cords because at the end of the day, they were going to get the votes to the people in front of me to do because there was about 25 ideas that were, or 20 plus ideas that were, that were pitched during that three hour period. All I had to do is be slightly memorable for a small portion. So I was like, let me, let me hit the emotional cords and let me just at least tell them what the idea would look like. And then that's it. It was 30 seconds. It was, it was like, I didn't know why I was even stressing. The only way I would have got to that conclusion that I can do it is if I tried it. So I would definitely say, just put yourself out there. Not everyone you see has always been in that comfort zone or the stage has always been their comfort zone. It's definitely still not mine because everyone would rather be in bed or everyone would rather be in their own home or in, in their comfort zone. But the more you get yourself out, the more you stretch that comfort zone, the stage will be part of it as well. So... Um, the only thing I can say you have to put yourself out there whether it's in front of the mirror so I do the shameless thing before every pitch look at the mirror and just start pitching yeah if someone walks into the toilet now it's going to be it's going to be funny <laughs> but um, I do that as well because at the end of the day you need to be able to give your own self feedback as weird as that sounds um, but also pitch in front of people I tried taking videos of myself but like I said before I can't stand hearing myself so let's let that let, let, I don't, I don't do that that often, uh, but if you're comfortable with it, do it. Um, there's ways you can do, but honestly, I think just throw yourself out there and get in front of people. When you're in the stage and pitching to people, find the smiling face, essentially. Yeah, and then just look at them if you're ever nervous, because they'll probably give you some reassurance. Because at the end of the day, people are in that room to hear you speak. Um, so, yeah, just put yourself out there and know that the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to figure out why you didn't do that well if you did. And if you did do very well, then you know that this is going to be something that you can do again and again. So both ways, it's not going to be your last time doing anything. So get yourself out there and it just stretch that comfort zone. That's great. So in the past three years, you started going to student enterprise events. You participated in the three-day startup. You graduated and you started a business, the Wiggly Line Company. So what is next for you? So... um We've been working with various care home care groups uh, with in different pilots and things are going things are going well. Obviously, they're not going to go great. It's not going to be smooth because things are going to be up and down. You're going to have to figure out ways of um, improving your product always and just adapting to the solution. And once you hit that complete finished product that you can just even hire people to go and sell now you don't need to sell that's that's when you have a complete finished product i think and that's when you want to go that's where you want to get to and i'm thinking it that way is like can i am i confident enough with my 
solution that I can literally put someone else to go and sell it in front of them and be successful. So I know for us to get to that point, we need some significant capital. So we're actually going to go for investment and we're meeting the investors tomorrow, which I actually want to book the enterprise. <laughs> I'll speak to that later, but I need to book the innovation queue for <laughs> t on tomorrow. So, um, and that's the great things about enterprise. You can actually make people seem like you're serious about what you're doing because you've got an office to book. You've got a, a meeting room that you can book. Definitely for us, for the next step for the Wigglesline company is to really now go from being a pilot product to a scalable product that can actually go to the market and we do need some funding and investment and help and support during that period so we're just going seeking investment now and we're going we're going to aim for 150,000 because it's an SEIS advanced assurance um, investment which means your investors get 70 66% of their investment back in tax relief to, to really just prepare for full commercial launch and getting ourselves out there so is getting investment getting a team behind it working full time and uh, yeah, and just really put in a marketing strategy and trying to get ourselves out there. So that's the plan. Okay, so a bit of a random question. If you could have any person that you admire, whether that be a business person, someone you know in real life, or just a public figure over for dinner, who would that be? Well, I'd, I'd, this is going to be a bit... I don't, I've, I've actually had different feelings about him. If you asked me that question a couple of weeks ago, I probably would have said it straight away. But I'm starting to slowly ease off what he's saying. Um, and that's Gary V. Yeah, he's he was someone that I just listened to, sort of motivational, telling you that you don't have to be what your parents tell you to be, and all of that, all of that good stuff. But then um, I stopped because I realized the things he's saying are not tangible for me. Like I, it's, it's, he's not giving me nuggets that I can go and actually put into practice in my life. It's all about motivational head thing you versus you kind of mentality which is great and great to have people speaking to you but sometimes you want someone that gives you that nugget of information that you can be like huh i can just do this every morning and this is what's going to happen and then you can test it and then go back to it so um yeah i'll, I'll say gary v now because i still haven't figured out who i'll go for next <laughs> um but um that's why i've started listening to different podcasts of people giving you actually information that is um useful to your life and you can put it and implement it straight away or um or as well, information that is just good to know sometimes, um, whether it's health, fitness, um, business, and everything else, because there's more to life than just your business. Sometimes you do want to go beyond, take a break, and think about something else as well. So it's a balance. Um, but yeah, yeah, Gary V, let's go for it. That's a good answer. And so what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? You're asking the tough questions now. You left into the end, didn't you? <laughs> um, Best piece of advice, to be honest, one of them, well, this is just recency bias, but one of them was in, yeah, I want to say it's the best one in my life yet because I still need to implement it and test it. But one of them was in an enterprise event yesterday, which was Alan Ruddock. He, yeah, he said something about having tangible thinking, which means that when you discuss, when you want to make a decision, you ask yourself, is it going to make my life better? Is it going to make my business better? Is it worth doing? If it is, obviously go for it. If not, just don't waste your time on it. And all that noise you hear as an entrepreneur, all that you should do this, you should do that, especially with the internet now. Like you just write business and there's like a thousand of things you could do to get to get things done. But if you just boil it down to whatever decision you're going to make, is it going to make my business better? Is it going to make my business make more money? Because that's how successful businesses are measured. And is it going to make my customer's life easier or better depending on your product? 
And if you boil it down to those questions, I think decisions can be done quicker. Companies can progress quicker. So that was a great event and the gr a great advice. And the way he put it down is just tangible thinking. And I knew it was from a rower that used that mentality to win an Olympic game um, uh, for Britain. So it was it was interesting to have that connection from sports because as you probably can tell, I love connecting sports and business and life in general. So that was great advice. And I think it is recent advice, but it was one that I kept thinking about going afterwards. And it just shows you how being in the room sometimes can make a big difference in any event, really. So, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> and finally, what advice would you give to a student or recent graduate who wants to start a business? I honestly say just go for it. And you're not alone. Like, just, just literally go for the business idea. But make sure, I'm honestly kind of emphasize this more, make sure it's worth your time. Because podcast, I had someone say that he actually put some money valuation. He's successful now, but he actually put some money, but he used to put a money valuation to his time. So he'd say, like, my time is not like 12 pounds an hour. I rate my time for, for it being a 1,000 an hour. So whatever I'm doing that hour, it needs to kind of, get me a step closer to getting that thousand or something like that so he used to have that mentality um so when you're an entrepreneur you need to have the mentality that every hour you're spending during those work hours is going to get you a step closer to your goal and especially at the very start the way you get step closer to that goal is to t talking to your customers to seeing why they would buy it how they would buy it and how much they're willing to spend on it because sometimes literally the, the answer is right there you, you you don't need to go and sit in a room and develop something that's going to be the next facebook and then just send it out to people just talk to them if you have any interest in a specific area talk about people that know more about the area than you and uh, trust me more people are open to helping than you think send emails like mad every morning send to people emails it takes an average three emails for people to reply to you seriously so if you get aired once if you get don't get a response the second time just keep going there's nothing to lose so no, you're not alone unless you just go for it. Just go for it. You don't even need a full-on business plan anymore. There's a business model canvas, one page. You can write your whole business in and keep changing it. So I think there's no reason for anyone that wants to make a business to not even try. And it's the mentality that I had. And I'm an international student, actually. So if I didn't go for that idea, if I didn't go for my business, I probably was, would have been in another continent. Because I know a lot of my friends that couldn't get a job because they're international, even though they have CVs that are eight pages long. So I, I live by that. Just go for it. Why not? And uh, no, you're not alone because there's other, a lot of people that can at least be a listening ear. can tell you if it's not a good idea, go and try, try harder and speak to more people. So, yeah, that's, 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 I think that's it. Just go for it. Dive in. Challenge yourself. And you're not alone. There's always always someone that can help. That was great advice. Thank you so much for no, being in the you. podcast. No, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's just a pleasure. To find out more about Ty and the Wiggly Line Company, you can visit them at wigglyline.co. If you're a student or recent grad interested in learning more about student enterprise, we host weekly skill sessions in the Enterprise Cube on campus, which is located right in between the library and Unitamps. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you in two weeks. Startup Surrey is brought to you by the University of Surrey Student Enterprise Department and is produced by me, Rafara Mazarira, Jocelyn Chandler-Hawkins and Emily Oswald. To keep up with us, visit www.surrey.ac.uk 
forward slash student enterprise or follow us on Instagram at Surrey Student Enterprise.